You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Natural science biologist and a medical practitioner, and he is Dr. Shankara Chetty. We've had him on the platform for many, many occasions, and every time he came on, he gave you information that really made you sit up and think. And who do they fear most? Those that do all these different things, who they fear most are the thinkers. And one such thinker, as I said, is right here this evening with us. Let me welcome first a pious and sagacious Ummah with a hearty Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And there's our very own Dr. Shankara Chetty. Good evening, uh, Doc, and tell me, how are you doing this uh, evening? I'm well, Shafat. I hope you are well and all your listeners are too. Yeah, the listeners are really looking forward uh, to you this evening. And, you know, when you go through uh, the tapestry of uh, life, uh, Doctor, you notice uh, that we are living in uh, times that is so difficult for so many. And, uh, you know, one of the things uh, that we look at is uh, those that were, you know, opposed uh, to anti-vaxxers, those that, uh, you know, told these people are not right in their head, and those that were persecuted, Perhaps, Doctor, when you look at the scenario, maybe two years later, and it seems, you know, this tug of war between the vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers, and it seems like the latter have come to the fore. How would you react to that? Uh, Shafat, uh, from the beginning, I knew that uh, time will uh, enlighten people. Uh, What we were warning against was not clearly evident at the beginning. But we had our fears, we had our doubts, and we knew in time that uh, it will show. And now that we've seen the injuries from the vaccine, we've seen the lack of safety and efficacy, uh, it can't be hidden for too long. As more and more people see these injuries, it, uh, it gets closer to home. And so a lot of people have looked at what we were saying from the start and realized that we were actually correct. So I expect that uh, I expected the tide will turn. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people have been injured in waiting for that to happen. But I hope uh, that uh, humanity eventually opens its eyes and realizes what's going on. Uh, we've been hypnotized into thinking that we are being protected. Uh, so there's a there's a far bigger picture at play. So I think uh, it's it's about time that humanity wakes up and realizes that we've been duped. Uh, yes, uh, it's sad that people have made choices in goodwill and uh, have been injured with those choices. But uh, we have to fix that. Uh, that's our job. Uh, my patients have uh, taken the vaccine with good intention and have been harmed by it. And I can't desert them. So uh, we got to figure out what's being done to us and how we can negate those things. So, yeah, the tide is turning. You're absolutely right. Yeah, as a doctor says, the tide is turning and, you know, it's a fact that truth shall prevail and falsehood uh, perish. And uh, you notice certain media houses uh, that were pushing for vaccination and perhaps are but, uh, a bit silent now. And it was a uh, vaccinology professor, uh, you know, Professor Shabir, uh, that was on one of these media houses. And he openly said, uh, Dr. Shankara Chetty, he said vaccine uh, drive didn't work as vaccine uh, don't prevent infection. And he said mask. You said this too very eloquently, only the ones uh, which, uh, he said, they don't work, only that which uh, uh, may have uh, some impact are the N95 or K95. 
but they are in short supply, even at healthcare levels, too expensive and so forth. But uh, you and I know the mass story, and 90% yeah. of the country has immunity and uh, needs to, uh, need to stop this uh, charade of trying to prevent infection and embrace our general immunity. He said explicitly, uh, those with the previous infections have as much protection as uh, anyone who's uh, had mRNA who can argue whether it's more or other. I mean, hot air again, but uh, what is he trying to tell us? Uh, you know, is he, uh, you know, trying to appease his, uh, you know, maybe his bosses on one end and try to give the masses a hope in the other end. How would you yes. sum up, uh, you know, uh, these uh, vaccinologist uh, professors and uh, uh, Salim Abdul Karim and all this endemiologist and all that? How do you sum them up? Are they trying to save face or what are they trying to do, doctor? They themselves must be in a very high, confused uh, state. Look, Shafat, I don't think for an educated person we can call it confusion. Uh, they knew the agenda from the start. These are scientists and researchers and doctors who are very well aware of how we conduct ourselves in that field. So I think they, the, the, the uh, truth is blatantly obvious. And you're going to have to, at some point, embrace it. So they are backpedaling. Uh, yes, when they do backpedal, uh, it's 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 prudent to start to regale on first the things that uh, didn't bring you any 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 finance, means masking and lockdowns and all the other things. But if you look at what uh, Professor Madi has said, he said that uh, natural immunity uh, is as as good as vaccine-induced immunity. But we all know that the vaccines don't give you any immunity at all. Uh, people with vaccination that have been vaccinated still get COVID and transmitted, unlike people who have had the infection and have natural immunity. So I think uh, we've seen this overseas as well, that uh, one by one, the false statements get withdrawn. The last statement to ever get withdrawn will be that the vaccines were a bad idea. Uh, so if you look at what uh, Professor Mahdi has said, He's gone against everything besides the vaccines itself. Uh, quite frankly, the vaccines are toxic and we shouldn't have gone down that road in the first place. But of course, there were financial incentives and a lot of coercion involved in that. And we can't, uh, they won't admit to that uh, very openly. And so that would be probably the last thing that they would draw. So I think they all are well aware of the agenda crumbling. And so they got to they got to figure out how to make this cookie crumble with the least amount of uh, affectation to them. Now, Doctor, you find uh, many, uh, you know, advocacy groups uh, coming out, and uh, one of them is, uh, I spoke to him uh, a few days ago, and his name is uh, Ricardo Marman, and he talks yeah. about, uh, you know, he took the government on, and he said, uh, show me the virus, he's taken him to court, and uh, so forth, and uh, Sul Ramaphosa, he actually took Sul Ramaphosa to court, and uh, without showing him proof, or without giving the evidence and other, um, I mean, they didn't even entertain him properly. He lost the case. And uh, these judges, according to uh, Mr. Ricardo Marman, were appointed by the government, but he said, show me the virus, and they couldn't show it. And uh, so we have a uh, agenda that's been pushed forward, and if you don't like it, then you're in trouble, uh, Dr. Shankara Chetty. Yeah. Yes, Shabbat. Uh, they were being, were being ignored. Uh, a lot of the signs, a lot of the legal issues that go against the mainstream narrative have just been ignored. 
if we create too much of noise, then we get censored. And I think that's the way they manipulate the situation. Uh, if you look uh, historically, Shafaz, uh, they have captured the attention of the planet with certain, I'd call them machines, like your advertising, social media, the television, uh, your cell phone. Uh, these things keep your attention focused. Now, you know that uh, our, our self-awareness is one of the greatest powers we were given. And if you put that awareness and your passion on anything, you can make it manifest. So they've stolen that, that attention of the planet with these machines. And they use these uh, attention grabbers to manipulate the entire planet itself. So they feed us what we meant to hear. And uh, so we, we conform, we follow like sheep. And all they need to do to keep that attention is to ignore everything else. Uh, if anything else makes too much of a noise, then we must censor it. We don't want people's attention going elsewhere. So a lot of the organizations in the world are captured and they meant to follow the same narrative to keep our attention on a specific mainstream agenda. And they don't like anyone else causing a noise and diverting population's attention to something that's the truth. So the judiciary, a lot of the regulatory authorities that we have uh, around the globe uh, are pushing this agenda. Now, we gave our power to government by electing them. They gave that power to these regulatory authorities. Now, these regulatory authorities determine the latitudes of our freedoms. But these regulatory authorities are not elected and they're not representative of society. So I think this is where we need to make a difference and elect people that are willing to fulfill our mandate as people, not their own. You see, government as well as colluded with these regulatory authorities uh, to keep us divided, to keep us confused, to keep us constantly uh, at war with each other. So we dilute our collective power. And of course, uh, that ensures the government survival. As long as we are not united, uh, they, they, they can survive. And uh, that, that's been the agenda for longer than uh, way, way before COVID even came to be. This has been something that's been going on for the past 50 years at least. So we need to disarm, detooth these regulatory authorities that don't serve humanity the way they were meant to. And that includes our justice system. Absolutely, Doctor. And, uh, you know, we're going to inter interrogate an article that was written by Brandon Smith, and he says that we will not comply. And he's, uh, you know, he says, I have been fever feverishly writing lately on COVID mandates and vaccine passport issues. And I am sure most uh, uh, listeners understand why. We are currently at the cusp of a great conflict against the powers that be. People who are exploiting the mostly manufactured COVID crisis for unprecedented political and economic control. And when I say manufactured, I mean that there is no crisis, no need for mandates, no need for lockdowns, and no needs for vaccine passport. I want you to comment on that paragraph, uh, Dr. Shankar Achetti. He's, uh, he's absolutely uh, correct, uh, Shafat. Uh, there's been, the pandemic has been completely manufactured. Uh, I'm not saying that there is no illness. I'm not saying that there hasn't been any deaths. I'm saying that the, the mortality and morbidity did not warrant such a harsh intervention like lockdowns and mask mandates and forced vaccination. 
if you look at what's happened around the world, the mainstream narrative that was peddled uh, was peddled for misinformation, lies, deceit, division. And it's had no scientific rationale that's able to withstand open scrutiny. Uh, that's the reason for the censorship. And they've used a few tricks to actually push this pandemic. Uh, just, uh, just, just a few examples of what they've done. They changed the definition of a pandemic to facilitate uh, the declaring of one. Uh, if we look at the old definition of a pandemic, this does not fulfill that definition. It's based on mortality and morbidity. Uh, they added cases to that. Now, pandemics never declared on cases. It's de declared on the mortality and morbidity because that's an indication of the severity, not the number of cases. So they changed that. And so they started to push cases to, to justify that this is a pandemic. Uh, they also changed the definition of a vaccine, which always was a product that gave immunity, uh, to include a product that does not immunize. And of course, to avoid the close scrutiny that uh, such therapeutics are subjected to. Uh, they enforce lockdowns and masking and social distancing. But we've got enough information to prove that these are of harm to individuals and to society. Uh, they mandated ineffective harmful experimental intervention in the vaccine with a complete disregard for our rights. So it was all planned. And of course, uh, that's not taking into effect that the uh, virus itself uh, is something that was uh, made in a lab. Uh, there's more than 20 years of research that went into coronaviruses and spike protein. And very strangely, now we sit with a pandemic where the main players are coronavirus and its spike protein. Uh, nature doesn't conspire in such ways, only man does. So he's absolutely right uh, that uh, this wasn't a pandemic. Uh, it was basically, uh, if you look at it, uh, uh, an illegitimate, mismanaged global pandemic. Uh, that was completely preventable. And the reason they did that was to scare us uh, into relinquishing our freedoms uh, for a false sense of uh, misinformed security. And by doing that, now that we want our freedom back, they have the ability to prejudice or privilege those freedoms based on a fact, fake fact vaccination status. So that's that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to take away our freedoms and give it back according to their agenda and according to a set of rules that can be changed. Uh, previously, privilege and prejudice were dispensed based on the color of your skin, racism, uh, ethnicity, religion. But these things are set in stone. So if you look at racism, uh, whites in our, in our apartheid society were privileged and blacks were prejudiced. But you couldn't take a, a bad white guy and make him a black guy and take away his privilege. Neither could you take a, a black guy and make him a white guy and give him privilege. But today you can take a privileged, double vaccinated person. And if they refuse to take a booster, by some miraculous means, you are able to unvaccinate them, changing their status and take away their privileges. So it's crazy that we can take two vaccines and be unvaccinated. I've never heard in signs of anyone getting unimmunized. Yet now we have the ability to change your vaccine status and in so doing, change your privileges or your prejudices. So that's what it's about.
It's about being able to control individual privileges and prejudices based on a false vaccination status rather than any color of your skin or ethnicity. And that's what they wanted, a way to control our individual freedoms. I get you, doctor, and, you know, I read you loud and clear there. And, you know, it's like telling someone one plus one is two. They say, no, one plus one will give you zero. And uh, oh, come on. You know, yeah. brilliant indeed. I give you give you full marks there, doctor. And uh, moving on with this article, and it goes on to say, we are dealing with a virus that's around 99.7% of people will easily survive according to the medical establishment's own studies and stats, as well as numerous independent studies. Yet, for some reason, we are being bombarded with fear-mongering from the media and from governments. Why is the only solution being suggested to the general public involve us giving up all our freedoms and medical autonomy? Why is a 99.7% of the population supposed to lock down, mask up, and submit to an experimental mRNA vaccine with no long-term testing data to prove it. You spoke about that, doctor, very eloquently in our earlier shows. And it goes on to say, why don't 0.26% of people that are truly at risk of dying from the virus simply take precautions or stay at home while the rest of us get on with normal life? Hell, I would be fine with contributing to a fund to help support the 0.26% at risk to help their families and have their medical uh, bills. Uh, I mean, you look at this, I mean, we know this two years of this uh, pandemic has shown what a farce it had, uh, it had been and uh, what an unnecessary, uh, you know, uh, unfruitful uh, exercise it was, uh, doctor. You're, I mean, and, and uh, to top it all, some, you know, of these uh, devilish people made billions and billions out of Misery, doctor. Yeah, uh, Shafat, that was the plan. If we did this scientifically, we had a very small percentage of the population that were at risk and required protection. And if we did it scientifically and protected that small group that were at risk, it would not have fulfilled the big agenda that they had. It would have not disrupted society sufficiently. The pandemic was meant to completely disrupt every facet of society, education, healthcare, economy, uh, politics, the entirety of society needed to be disrupted. After all, you need to disrupt all these different facets to have a great reset. You have a new system that you want to implement, and that system covers education, uh, healthcare, uh, uh, economy, politics. So to get these, this new system in, you've got to break the old. And so they had to create this global uh, anarchy to make sure that we collapse all these systems so that they could bring in a new system. Uh, it's, 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 there's a lot that's happened that didn't make sense. It was not meant to make sense. I made a comment recently. Someone spoke about the vaccines and uh, their, their, their efficacy against uh, severe illness. But of course, that's been waning. So I asked a simple question. We made the vaccine in six months. We used an experimental technology and we made a vaccine in six months that's unprecedented in human history. And in that six months, we also authorized it for an emergency use 
against the Wuhan strain of this virus. But now we are two years into the pandemic. The strains have changed. The vaccine efficacy has waned. We know that it's no more effective against Omicron. So it seems strange that in six months we could develop and manufacture a vaccine, but in two years we couldn't modify it to make it more appropriate for the new strains, which seems very odd. Unless, of course, the vaccine, even though it does not work against Omicron, is still fit for some other purpose and so still needs to be given. So I ask the question, what's the purpose that it's still fit for, that we are still forcing people to take it? So there is a far bigger agenda at play. Uh, two years ago, it was 15 days to flatten the curve. I have not seen one flat curve anyway that uh, lockdowns have uh, encouraged. So it never worked in 15 days. I don't know why we're still doing this two years down the line. Uh, flattening the curve. The only thing I can see is a curve ball. Yeah. You play yeah. cricket, doc. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do, Shafak. Yeah. These guys are bowling us all the googlies and all these yeah, things. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they're getting caught out with no balls, uh, Doc. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the illogic cannot be avoided any, any much longer. Uh, <clears throat> the sad thing is that, uh, Shafat, as much as it's put humanity through, through all this, this is an act of war. Uh, we've got a, a, a engineered virus. Uh, we've got a vaccine that's uh, not fit for the purpose that it was uh, stated. So we are in a third world war without us knowing. We're being attacked, our freedoms being attacked, people are being killed, uh, people are being maimed. But it's all done with medical tyranny, so we don't really see it. Uh, if you look at remdesivir, the uh, ventilations, the drugs that were authorized, all of them killed more people than they could ever have saved. So uh, there's, there's a bigger agenda at play. Uh, with our economy itself, it's the same thing. Uh, <clears throat> if you look at our, our history, Shafat, 100 years ago, we were master and slave. And that worked well for some people. And all the systems in place were meant to benefit the master or the small elite at the expense of the majority. And then we grew a middle class. And the middle class uh, had more money. Uh, opened businesses, employed people, uh, were independent of the government workings. And so the middle class became a threat. We the ones that eventually fought for so-called democracy and resulted in freedom uh, in many countries. And so there was no more master and slave. There was this entire aspect, a new, new, new broad diversity in society. Uh, but the middle class was always the problem. Unfortunately, when we, when we got democracy, there are two things we didn't do. One was that we didn't hold our masters responsible and take back what rightfully belonged to us. And the second was that we did not break the systems and restart them. We kept the same systems in place, but we tried over the years to tweak them, to make them more equitable for all of us and to seem like it was more equitable. However, today the richest people still pay the least amount of tax, so I don't see the equity and it's a system that needs to be changed. So this has been coming for a very long time. Now, economically, uh, we live with the pyramid scheme. All those on the stock market buy shares in each other's companies, and we sit with this pyramid scheme that nearly collapsed in 2009. And so they pumped or printed a whole lot of money and pumped it into the market to prevent the collapse of this pyramid. 
but it's going to collapse and they planned for it to collapse and collapse in a very controlled way. Now to collapse the pyramid, you need to take out the problem, which is the middle class. If you remove the middle class from this pyramid and make sure that uh, a lot of money from the middle class gets pushed upwards into the, into the uh, people on the stock exchange, then you'll go back to master and slave because the middle class will become poor again and have assets repossessed and the bank can't uh, survive. And so you get a one world currency. And so we'll go back to master and slave. If you look at the pandemic, it has been the largest shift of money into the upper class that's ever occurred in human history. And that was the agenda. And the best way to kill off the middle class is to shut down the global economy for two years. Uh, I could stand socially distanced outside the uh, barbershop, but uh, I wasn't allowed to. But you could put 500 people into checkers and there was no problem with that. So the lockdowns and the measures put in place were all meant to destroy uh, small and medium enterprises and the middle class. Uh, so we are the ones that are going to suffer. If you look at the people that are on the stock exchange, they will survive this. They've actually increased their assets over this period. So that, that was the whole intention, to destroy the middle class and reset society, and of course, take control of our individual freedoms and dispense it according to their whims. You know, Doc, fascinating indeed. And uh, you talk about, uh, yeah, perpetrating, you call it third world war, I think more like a genocide against uh, mankind. And also, you know, you talk about uh, printing more and more paper, uh, paper money uh, so that, you know, they're pushing forward the agenda and uh, trying to wipe out the middle class. And, you know, you're looking at that article, uh, which, uh, you know, tallies to what you say. It says the Federal Reserve and other central banks uh, burned, burned uh, tr trillions of dollars in stimulus measures and PPP loans to keep businesses from going completely bankrupt and to keep jobless, non-essential workers from starving during the initial shutdowns. But we could have simply kept the economy going this uh, this entire time and paid a fraction of that cost, helping the tiny minor minority of people that would actually suffer from the illness. Yes, that's right. I'll say it again and again and again, because I still to this day see the media and uh, uh, misinformed COVID cultists continually claim the death rate of COVID is much higher. It is not the median infection fatality rate of COVID is only 0.26%. This is a fact. This is the science, according to the vast majority of medical studies out there on the IFR. Now, I want to say this also, uh, doctor, when you look at uh, the situation in Ukraine and Russia, you know, Putin, uh, perhaps uh, you spoke about the paper money, uh, he's a, ga a game changer because he says the value of money should be to a uh, money printed should be that value of gold that you have in your reserves. And this is what he's uh, playing with. He's going with gold and he's perhaps calling the bluff. And then when uh, uh, he invaded the Ukraine, they found these uh, laboratories that were used for different types of uh, creation of uh, infectious diseases. And I uh, know looking at that scenario, could there be, uh, you know, incriminating evidence against uh, these people that are controlling controlling the world. And uh, do you think that Putin is a game changer, uh, Dr. Shankara Chetty? Uh, Shafat, uh, what's happening in the Ukraine is, is very misunderstood. Uh, I did a, a, an interview a few months ago with a, a Russian uh, journalist who writes on conspiracy theories and investigates them. 
and he contacted me after he saw a video I did about uh, about the uh, agenda. And we had a long discussion about the economy, education, what's exactly going on. Uh, as you're aware, I'm, uh, I'm of the opinion that this is a well-engineered poison. Uh, spike protein is about the best engineered poison man has ever made. And so we had a long discussion about that. And I think a week later, Putin came out with a speech uh, where he addressed a global audience to say, not under my watch. And I think uh, it was at a time where uh, people were being uh, awakened about the possibility of this being a bioterrorist attack. Uh, if you look at the history, uh, Putin and uh, China have already, for the past 14 years, been complaining to the United Nations about the uh, activities on their borders by foreign countries. Now, uh, Putin was aware that biolab facilities were being set up for many years, and this is from the time of Obama, uh, along the borders uh, the, on the Ukrainian side of the border. And so chi China as well was aware of uh, on its border that there were these activities. Uh, NATO was involved, the US was involved, they've admitted that they were involved in setting up these biolab facilities. And uh, of course, they were talking at that point about the next pandemic. And of course, the first pandemic, this uh, COVID pandemic, started in Wuhan in China, but it's all of America's doing. Uh, America funded it and of course, blamed China. So I think Putin was concerned that the next pandemic is going to be originated in the Ukraine and Russia will be blamed for it. So the invasion of the Ukraine started with him trying to destroy all those bioweapon bio facilities he was well aware of. And so the initial invasion of the Ukraine was not to destabilize the country, was not to do anything but take away its biologic weapons capability. Putin, remember, Ukraine was part of Russia and they, they, are, they are now neighbors. So you don't go to your neighbor and try and destroy him. You'll set up, a, you'll set up an enemy for life. Uh, Putin was meant went into the Ukraine to carefully capture the Ukraine and its military and then bring in a government that's more favorable to his agenda. After all, uh, you can't have a brother that you have a fight with and decides that he wants his own house. And so you put a fence between your houses and then he gets involved with your enemies and they start damaging the neighborhood. And so you decide to go and have a talk with him. As much as you're stronger than him, you don't want to you don't want to injure him. And that was Putin's agenda to go in and to to try and uh, instigate a change in government. You must remember as well, the uh, presiding government, uh, Zelensky government was not elected. There was a coup in 2014. They were brought into power and they were not the popular government uh, at that point. There's a large proportion of the Ukraine that are supportive of Russia. And that's a supportive proportion in Ukraine where ostracized, where uh, under tyranny for all these years, uh, in the Donbas, in uh, uh, Mariupol. So you'd see when Russia actually got into Mariupol and the Donbas, they were welcomed. So there's a big part of the Ukraine that wanted Russia to come in and protect them. Uh, a lot of the civilian casualties that you see were inflicted by the Ukrainian army on these populations before Russia could come in. And the Western media said, oh, it's uh, Russia's bombing civilians. Uh, of course, Russia made it very clear when they entered uh, Ukraine that they didn't want NATO or the U.S. or anyone else involved in the conflict. That's like going to your brother's house and saying, look, I'm, I'm here to talk to you, but don't get your bad friends involved. Then I'm going to have to beat you up. 
And that's what happened. NATO got involved, uh, US got involved, and Russia had to Russia had to raise its game. And so now we we dealing with almost a war. But that was uh, that was uh, instigated and pushed for by NATO and the US. And quite frankly, NATO and the US have no business being in the Ukraine. Part of their independence was that they would not become a member of NATO and would not collude with these Western forces. But they, against uh, the, the accord, went ahead and did that. So I think Russia and China have every reason to feel aggrieved that they've approached the United Nations 14 years ago to look into these bioweapons lab facilities and the buildup of military along their borders, but the UN refused. And so now they've taken action into the, they've taken it into their own hands to take action. And now the world stands up and blames Putin for things, but actually uh, he's the one that's actually trying to stem this tide. Uh, he's aware of the bioweapons facilities. He knew it from the beginning. He's just putting proof where it needs to be. But of course, uh, he'll be ignored as well. Uh, they wouldn't want him drawing attention now. So, uh, yeah, the, the war in Ukraine has been misrepresented completely. A lot of the Ukrainian military were part of the Russian military not so long ago. So these are guys that were friends. They uh, they They grew up together. They went under different ideologies, had words, split apart, but they're not, they're not willing to kill each other. Uh, they want to talk and settle their differences, but they know each other from childhood. We mustn't forget that Ukraine was always a part of Russia. And so, yeah, we, we don't, we, uh, United States and NATO would like us to believe that they are arch enemies. They are not, there's a faction in Ukraine with the Zelensky government that have uh, Nazi aspirations, aspirations, and of course, you see the Nazi flags and things, and this has been going on for many years. So when Putin says he wants to denazify the Ukraine, he's actually talking the truth. This has been going on for a long time. People in the Ukraine, a lot of people in the Ukraine, were living under a tyranny for a long time, and the West did nothing about it. And today, when Putin goes in to try and secure his country and his border, uh, they want to turn him into the tyrant. So yeah, there's always this agenda. I mean, America and NATO, have uh, committed atrocities throughout the Middle East in Syria and Afghanistan and a lot of different countries over these years, but nobody's said a word. Uh, Putin went into Ukraine very diplomatically as far as war is concerned. He wasn't bombing civilians. He was very targeted in the institutions that he targeted. Uh, he surrounded cities when he, when he faced resistance. Uh, people said, oh, he looks like he's withdrawing. He wasn't. He just, his army didn't want to kill anyone. They wanted to drive opposition forces out so that they could get a stronghold. But of course, the media reported it the way they wanted to report it. It was just like COVID. We only heard what we were meant to hear. But I think people need to start thinking for themselves and look to alternate sources for the truth. And uh, after all, uh, <clears throat> it doesn't make sense that Putin would go and start a war with his neighbor for no reason. So there's always an agenda at play. Uh, so I think Putin knows what he's doing. Uh, he 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 understands that this is a war against religion. It's a war against traditions, uh, education, children. Uh, so he he with the uh, strong Catholic Church in Russia, Orthodox Church in Russia, he's trying to make sure that family values, traditions, religion, all that is uh, protected. And so he's always been a staunch supporter of tradition. Uh, he always looks at tradition as something to fall back on. 
yet the West looks at him and says, oh, well, when things go wrong, uh, he falls, he, he, he goes back to the old ways. But the old ways were the ways that kept people safe. You know, there's a, there's a misunderstanding, uh, Shafat, that uh, man wants to be free. I think that's a misunderstanding. Uh, you give a man his freedom and he'll sit there not knowing what to do. Uh, men don't want to be free. Men want to have purpose in their lives. So if you give a man a job and make him make sure that his day is fruitful and he can provide for his family and he can educate his children and live in security and peace, that's what he wants. And if it takes, uh, if it takes a heavy-handed government to ensure that, then so be it. And that's what Russia actually is. Putin is very well supported in Russia. So as much as he might be a tough dictator, he ensures the security of his countrymen, and they respect him for that. So the West looks at freedom and everyone must be free, but uh, a free man uh, is not really a happy, satisfied man. He doesn't know what to do with his freedom. So yeah, the, this thing about uh, we want our freedom is actually a little misguided. We want our security, we want our ability to work, we want our ability to support our families, we want our ability to live with our neighbors in peace. That's what we want. But if freedom brings war and freedom brings uh, jealousy and hatred and all the things we see in the Western world, then freedom is not all it's cracked out to be. Dr. Shankara, I give you full marks for that brilliant political anal uh, analysis there. And in, in other words, I'm listening very deeply and you made my, my, my thoughts go deep into, into the Milky Way, into the galaxies. Now, what I want to know, Dr. Shankara Chetty, that this biological warfare or this biological genocide that's been perpetrated on mankind, in other words, Russia, China and America are complicit because uh, these were the three countries that also said, you know what, we will also be part and parcel of uh, giving you... Shafat, we cut off there. Shafat, I can't hear you. Doesn't seem like... Okay, yes, uh, Dr. Uh, it seems like, yeah, we come right. My engineer is giving me the thumbs up and he says it's all on. And uh, yes, uh, doctor, you know, uh, you were very eloquent indeed. And uh, you were talking about, you know, in other words, uh, you look at Russia, you look at uh, China, you look at America. Uh, these countries are complicit when it comes to, you know, uh, the uh, biological warfare or the genocide that's being perpetrated against mankind. And what I heard from you, you know, in other words, you know, when the vaccination came, uh, these were uh, when the pandemic came, these guys became uh, the ones that, that were manufacturing uh, the antidote, you know, the, the, the vaccination. And they became the vaccines they were supplying. And we're talking about Russia, we're talking about uh, uh, China, we're talking about uh, America, we're talking about India, all these countries. So if I'm reading you right, uh, doctor, these people can't be trusted. Look, uh, Shafat, I think in every of these countries, there are people with agendas. And I think what happened here, like with the nuclear, uh, nuclear pro proliferation, each one's got their own agenda and wants to accomplish something different with that agenda. Now, uh, Strangely, if you look at all the vaccines that were produced by Russia, by China, by India and the US, it was only the Pfizer vaccine that seemed to be authorized for international travel, for all those kind of things. All the other vaccines were refused uh, international authorization. That's very strange. 
that uh, other countries would make a vaccine and nobody would want to authorize them. So I think there's a big game at play. Everyone, you know, the thing is, I don't think anyone can be trusted. Everyone's got their agenda. But I think uh, for us to uh, have a balanced view, we should not have any uh, pre, uh, preconditioned uh, uh, opinion on what's going on around us. Because once we get an opinion on what's going on around us, we won't see the truth. So we have to closely watch what each one's doing and try and figure out why they're doing what they're doing. But as they make their next moves, I think uh, things become more clear. So yes, everyone around us can't be trusted, especially those in power. Because at the end of the day, even the opposition parties haven't stood up like we would have expected and taken the opportunity to protect our freedoms. So even the opposition parties in all these countries are complicit in what's going on. So I think uh, we don't see the full picture. There's a huge game at play. But as long as we keep our eyes open and keep a, a prying eye on everyone, we'll understand uh, soon enough what the agenda is. But uh, surely uh, it's about injuring society. And so we need to protect uh, ourselves, uh, to steer clear of the vaccine, to be cautious about what we're told. We're being lied to in many ways. We can sit and do absolutely nothing and be safe and have God on our side. So I think our choices need to be very, very cautiously tempered. Mm. Then you talk about, you know, you made a very interesting point about uh, the Eastern Orthodox Church of, uh, you know, Russia. And uh, Putin has, uh, I believe, is he's, uh, he's one of the followers of the church and uh, a very uh, a man that is committed uh, to religion. And also you talk about, uh, you know, the Americans. I mean, you look at the, uh, the fact that two different types of uh, Christianity one is the like orthodox and the other is like the charismatic Bible thumping, you know, this going around the world and, you know, spreading the dust and uh, giving the message. Uh, you know, some people will perceive this as a, but, uh, you know, it's like a Christian on Christian violence. Uh, how would you react to that? Is that just a conspiracy, a conspiracy theory? But, you know, they say, how come, uh, you know, they're fighting each other? One is the Western uh, Christian and the other one is the Eastern uh, Christian uh, belief. Uh, your thoughts on that, Dr. Shankara? Uh, Shafat, this has been going on for a very long time with Christianity itself. I'm not sure if you're aware that the Pope's been implicated in the vaccination scandals and things like that. We're talking about the Illuminati and the Masons of the world. Uh, this has been going on for a very long time. And so a lot of the religious institutions are captured in, uh, in uh, Christianity, uh, the Vatican. Uh, so they are, they, there is a lot of division amongst uh, religious uh, organizations. And this, I think, with every religious uh, formation around the globe, this has been something that's been there. You know, a, a very, a very pertinent uh, observation. I'm very involved in natural science and uh, it's my passion. And I got contacted by a researcher in Australia. His name evades me right now. Uh, he's a natural science biologist, and he looked at humanity and what we actually put through as humanity by religion and what should have happened. And uh, if you look at it, the great apes of the world uh, formed societies, unlike other animals, and they came to an understanding that they needed to form a caring, sharing society in, 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 to survive this planet. So when you look at the great apes, they form societies. 
uh, very similar to what humanity does. We've got people that, uh, that we've got uh, apes that take care of the security of the of their of their community. We got those that take care of the foraging. We got uh, the females that take care of children and child rearing and protection. Uh, so they, they've diversified into a society that cares and shares, and they came to this solely through evolution and through natural instinct. They didn't have the ability to rationalize. They didn't hold a big indaba and decide this is the way we're going to go forward. They got to that through sheer nature. That caring and sharing is where evolution has brought them. Now, we as humanity and Christianity is told that uh, Adam took a bite of the apple and then he was able to rationally think things through. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we should have realized that through the evolutionary tree, we are the greatest creations of God. We are, are his greatest creation. And genetically, we are a repository for all the genetic information on the planet. So we have bits of everything in us. You can find genes that are found in almost every species in a human being. So we are the repository of God's genetic information. And so we were put on this planet, may, uh, created in his image to protect all his creations in a caring, sharing society. However, Christianity has told us that we are sinners and we need to prove ourselves. And that's the reason we're here. Now, if you told that, then you psychologically traumatized because you don't know what you've done wrong, though you're a sinner. And so you spend your life trying to prove yourself. And that is where all the jealousy comes from. And that is where all the uh, acquisition comes from and non-sharing and all that kind of thing. So we got to prove ourselves to our fellow fellow man. And that is, goes against sharing and caring. So I think humanity has been misled and traumatized into thinking that we need to prove ourselves. Uh, we don't need to prove ourselves. We're the greatest of God's creations. And the purpose of our of us being here on this planet is to protect all his other creations, every single one of them. So I think religion is at odds with nature when it comes to that. Everything else, religion embraces nature. But when it comes to the psychology of man, it doesn't fit. And so I think there's bound to be this uh, fragmentation and constant uh, uh, problems with uh, looking at religious beliefs around the world. But I think as humanity, we all one. We all are one species. And of course, we, we, we use words that are out of context, that do not explain clearly what our intention is. We talk of racism. We talk of a lot of different things, but they're out of context. If you look at racism, racism in all of nature is a natural evolution of things. Cats and dogs can't be forced to play together. It's natural to gravitate towards like-minded and like uh, people that look like you. So generally, you ask any Indian guy, he's got mostly Indian friends. And you ask a white guy, he's got mostly white friends. That's not because he's racist. That's because, or, a tip, or from the definition of racism, that's simply because he gravitates to people that are like-minded. So racism is not a bad thing. It's something that is uh, entrenched in nature. We gravitate to people that are similar to us. But of course, if a cat starts to think that it's better than a dog, then we've got a problem. So racial <laughs> prejudice is the problem, not racism. We live in, a, uh, in what we call a rainbow nation. 
And a rainbow nation requires, a rainbow requires the separation of colors to keep it a rainbow. But every color is uh, as equity, the same equity. But as soon as we try and mix it up, we'll get a strange shade of gray. And of course, if we start to say one color is better than the other, then we've got a problem with that rainbow. So I think racial prejudice, uh, sexual prejudice, all those kind of things, uh, or gender prejudice, stereotypes, are, are what we need to fight against. God's not made any one of us the same. Yet he knows how to make sheep, and he could gladly have made us all the same. So he took the time to make every individual different. But we keep trying to be sheep by putting us into flocks. Uh, looking at race, religion, all these things that try and group humanity into herds is, is incorrect. In every single sphere of humanity, we got good and bad. And so we need to recognize individuals and the God in individuals and not treat people like sheep and put them into categories. We all are different. And I think if we understand that we're here to fulfill the purpose of protecting God's creation, then we'll all find our place. But of course, uh, we as humanity want to act like sheep. We, uh, we, we, we uh, reward conformity when we should have been rewarding the odd person out. We should reward caring and sharing, but we don't. The guy that got an A for his maths test is prancing around the class making everyone else feel small. So yeah, we need to change that dynamic from the time we're children. If we have any hope of humanity being united, and actually living in a caring, sharing society, which we are designed to do if we had to take a page out of a book of an ape. Yeah, you know what, uh, you tickle my brains there, uh, because I, I do a, a quite a bit of lecturing when it comes to comparative religion, you know, and uh, yeah. the, the Islamic perspective is uh, that, uh, you know, uh, we as human beings, we are the vice children of God on earth, and also, yeah. you know, we are unique. As you said, no two individuals have the same fingerprints. No two individual even has the same brain pattern. And the Quran, uh, you know, exalts us and say, look within yourself and you'll see the signs of God. Look around you, you'll, look, uh, you'll see the signs of God. Look into the Milky Ways, look at the stars, look at the moon, look at the sunrise, look at the ocean. You know, look at all the different things around you and you will come to a conclusion. And then we also warned of that Satan, he will change yes. Uh, the, the, the even the creation of man, he he promised that to God, I will change it. And today, those that we call leaders, these are, you know, manifestations of the satanic movements that we have, the satanic thoughts that we have. Who else other than Satan will think of, you know, bringing in these pan, uh, pandemics, making man greedy, uh, kill each other, Cain's flu, Abel, out of jealousy and so forth. But, uh, you know, you make a very valid point indeed. And when it comes to as human beings, we, you know, most of us, we do undervalue ourselves. I mean, we go into alcoholism, we let ourselves, as you said, we are not thinkers, we are, you know, you talk about, talk about sheep. So what we call them, people that become like sheep, we call them sheeple, uh, Dr. Shankara. Yeah, you know, I yeah. tell you, uh, I mean, uh, perhaps, you know, you've been absolutely brilliant uh, this evening. And uh, uh, a few points uh, before we round up. What's on your mind? Shafat, when I, you know, when I look at my, my patients, uh, I'm seeing a lot of vaccine injuries. I'm seeing a lot of patients who've seen the, the new evidence and are terrified about the choices they made. Uh, they made it for the right reasons. They were trying to be compassionate. They were trying to protect their fellow man. But they were, they were coerced into making a wrong decision. Uh, 
And now that they realize the decision is an incorrect one, they are terrified about what lies in their future. So my, my focus has moved on from trying to solve COVID. Uh, it's, 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 it's a pandemic now that has become endemic. And so there's nothing left to fix in that. But of course, we got the vaccine injuries and we're trying to understand how these vaccines cause problems. We've identified many different pathways. Uh, we found uh, pathways that relate to snake venom, to different toxins. We found pathways that relate to poisons that uh, damage the brain, prions and things like that. So we're trying to understand the vaccine and we're trying to find ways to heal those people that have made this mistake. But I think at the end of the day, the one thing that's going to get us through is faith. Uh, if we have faith, we'll get through this. I think God has his agenda. Uh, even with Satan in our midst, uh, he has his Satan has a way of opening people's eyes too. And so, yeah, I think at the end of the day, we have to leave it to God. Uh, we have to do what's put in front of us. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, and tomorrow is none of our business in the first place. Uh, what's in front of us today is our business, and we should just focus on what we have in front of us. I think this is something that will get humanity to embrace each other. Uh, your own family will not allow you into their homes because you're unvaccinated, but your most unlikely mm. enemy will become your biggest friend. So, yeah, uh, I think this is, you know, I always say you can look at an orange. You don't know whether it's sweet. The only way to tell whether it's sweet is to give it a squeeze to taste some of its juice. So I think COVID's here and God's giving all of us a squeeze to see what comes out of us. So, yeah, be, be, be very careful how we react to things. <laughs> But I can guarantee you, yeah, a lemon, not sweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just make sure when they squeeze you, love comes out. <laughs> yeah, very good. Hey, lemon on the fish and lemon on, you know. <laughs> okay, you without lemon and you know you can't you can't get the fish going properly. And uh, you know what, Doc, you're absolutely brilliant uh, this evening. Enjoyed having you, and uh, perhaps uh, I'll leave a parting word with you. What's your parting words this evening? Oh, with people, with uh, humanity, we've been traumatized, we've been hypnotized, we've made bad decisions, but we can all forgive ourselves. And uh, for everyone, whatever decisions you've made that you have to live with, yeah, right or wrong, forgive it. I think humanity must come together, must protect each other. And I think I, I did a video recently for a politician in uh, Australia, uh, Craig Kelly, who's fighting against these vaccines. Uh, eight months ago, when I spoke to him, he said there's too much truth to tell the public, but recently he found it's necessary to open their eyes. So I think we've got to use elections to choose our politicians more carefully and choose those that are willing to fulfill our best intentions. Uh, if we don't do that uh, and we remain complacent, we surely will be re-enslaved and a hundred years of fight for equity and equality will be undone. And we'll have to explain to our children why we were non-participants when their freedom was being taken away. Absolutely, Doctor. You have a blessed evening ahead. Talk to you soon. And uh, do the good yeah. work, Doc. Thank you, Shafat. Thank you for having me yeah. again. Yeah, most welcome, Dr. Chan Karachetti there. Time for us to go for the Isha Azan, and inshallah, we will continue after that.